Welcome to the Flint Catholic Podcast. I'm Father Tony Smila. And I'm Michael Hasso. And today we are joined by the Father Joe Krupp, in the know with Father Joe Krupp for the interview episode. Please say hi. Hello everyone, this is Father Joe Krupp, superstar action figure, collar sold separately. Oh, I just made go. that up. You Not did? really. No. I've used it before. Yeah, you probably thought about it for a I was going to say, I could have swore I actually saw the action figure somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that would not That's surprise me at all. <laughs> it's just that it used up so much plastic yeah. on my belly that yeah. they found it. It Ooh. just wasn't cost effective. Yeah, that's yeah. Too, uh, too bad. Yeah. Too bad. So um, one thing we'd love to, to ask, and we'd love to ask this of all the priests that are on this, sure. how did you become a priest? How did you get to where you are today? Ooh, uh, poor Jesus. You know, uh, <laughs> like everybody else, I assume, it's it's just a fairly long and complicated story. Um, a wonderful one for me. It did not work out for God's people. <laughs> um, but I, I think in the end, rather than blow by blow, you know, it's more a couple fears that the Lord had to overcome, right? That as soon as you said that, I thought, well, I could tell the vocation story, but then it's a long thing, you know, like, uh, so the shortest way I could think of was to tell you, you know, my first fear uh, when I sensed the Lord was calling was that I would be unhappy. Um, I was born in 1970, and uh, it really... Whether it was my perception or reality, I don't know. But most of the priests I met growing up did not seem happy. And I, in fact, have a very distinct memory. Um, and one of my buddies was there and said, oh, yeah, that happened, of uh, saying to a brand-new ordained priest when I was about 10, uh, you know, I'm thinking about priesthood, and he said, oh, God, don't. Wow. Right? wow. And I think a large part of that, I, I talked to a lot of the older priests, and one thing where they just never get any credit for, is they all went to seminary for one thing. And then in the middle of seminary, they were told it all changed. And, you know, I remember Larry Delaney saying this at one point. He said, we were the obedient ones, mm. right? We were the ones who stayed. The church said, be this way now. And we said, okay. And then he says, 30 years later, we got a bunch of 20-year-olds yelling at us for being liberal. Uh, he says, we were the obedient ones. And it really is something to think about. And I think that was more his struggle in yeah. retrospect than anything. But so my first fear was that I would not be happy. And uh, God wore that down by bringing happy priests into my life. Uh, truly. Uh, the first priest I remember meeting where I thought, oh, my gosh, he, he's happy is Father John Klein. Yeah. Right. I was a little squeaker. And I was serving Mass for him, and uh, I just remember very clearly this moment when I went, he likes this. Um, to be honest, those priests were few and far between growing up, really. Um, and uh, But the Lord worked through that by introducing me primarily in college to priests who really loved being priests, and that was groovy. Um, the second fear... Uh, the Lord, I think, had to deal with was my fear of celibacy, right? That um, I know my wife wasn't happy. Uh, <laughs> actually, she seemed real happy now that I think about it. She giggled a lot. No, uh, tr truly, you know, like everybody else, I grew up in a thing called a family, and I couldn't conceive. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that. Uh, I couldn't uh, imagine a reality of life without 
a spouse, and squeakers. And um, a couple key ways the Lord wore me down there was one through a priest friend of mine named uh, Dimitri, great priest. He's in Chicago. And we were sitting at the deck at my mom's house. And I said to him, in innocence, right, as only a 18-year-old could, well, you know, I, I think the Lord's calling me to be a priest, but I want to be married. And in my 18-year-old head, well, that ended it. I want A, you know. And he said totally, he wasn't trying to be funny. He told me later, just very, he went, yeah, me too. Oh, uh, so it doesn't matter if I want, in a sense. Um, and uh, that was, I don't, did that make sense to you? What, oh, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if I'm describing it well, but it never occurred to me that, well, of course, the most priests, I assume, want to be married. And I remember uh, it was either Archbishop Vigneron or Monsignor East, and I can't remember which, at seminary, who had said, if you don't want to be married, we don't want you here. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, because that's weird, right? That was, because yep. quote, that's weird. I was told the same thing in seminary. Praise so. God. Okay. Um, and you know, it was an interesting thing for me. And then Dan Trapp, who was a priest at seminary, kind of drove the nail in a lovely way when he said, uh, see, I haven't had enough coffee yet. Do you want to hear about that? Or, no. Yeah. Uh, but he said something to me. He said, Joe, as long as you focus on what you're giving up, you'll never understand what you're embracing. And that's more than a cute saying. That was a spiritual punch in the gut uh, for me. Because that's all I was focused on. It never occurred to me there was a blessing in celibacy. To me, celibacy is something you had to do so that you could get ordained. And be ordained. <laughs> Once you're ordained, all the rules. No. Uh, no, but truly, to me, it was almost like, well, gee, the Lord's calling me to be a priest. I'd love to be a priest, but I have to be celibate. Um, and by celibate, of course, I'm not just talking about, you know, sexuality or having sex. I mean, emotional intimacy, you know. Um, uh, and so those were two pretty key steps for me, not just coming to peace but seeing it as a joy and then of course i hope this is okay to say all you gotta do is be a priest for two years and you find out married people it's not the eschatological utopia right um that, that took you two years to figure out i'm not smart tony uh i'm not what medical doctors call bright well it, truly my yeah. first thought was well, of course I only meet the couples hurting. Who else is going to come in here? Nobody's going to come in and say, Father, we just wanted to sit with you and tell you how awesome our marriage is. Right. Right? So to me, that was just bad data, I thought. But then talking to people I knew, knew for a fact. I saw them. They're happily married. And it turns out it's hard. And of course it's hard. Right? But I never considered that because all I was thinking of was, what am I giving up? And I hope this doesn't sound funny, and I don't know how much of this is a function of 50 years old. I don't even think about it anymore. Celibacy. I don't yeah. even, it's just the water I swim in. Yeah. And I love it, and I'm grateful to the Lord, you know. The third fear is kind of the one that was in background. Believe it or not, this is the short version. Isn't that great? You should have heard the long version. I would just be at, at this point, I'd be like, and then when I turn nine, you know, <laughs> and you'd be like, maybe we should get a real guest next time. You know, um, truly was the biggest one because it was when it, it almost was chronological, right? 
the Lord's calling me to be a priest. I came to believe that. I came to believe all those things, and then I wanted to be a priest. It was my second year in seminary where I legit wanted to be a priest. And that's when it hit me. I had no business being a priest, right? You know that moment. Oh, yeah. Where you realize, here I was, and and I'm going to say this, an arrogant ass thinking, look at what I'm sacrificing for the Lord. How noble, right? (laughs) And then you move to, this is priesthood. I don't deserve this. And they should, the Lord should have found someone better. And honestly, oof, there's a tendency in American hyper angry cult, Catholic culture to talk about seminaries as cesspools of liberalism and blah, blah, blah. That wasn't my experience. It was so far right that it was terrifying at times to me, truly. Um, in fact, here's what we knew. If a guy was in danger of getting kicked out of seminary, all he had to do was act more conservative and they'd push him through. Hmm. That was my experience. And in the midst of that, a lot of those guys only reinforced that to me. Uh, and, and I want to be clear. Some of them have actually called me and apologized within five years of ordination. Seminary was in many ways really hard for me because of seminarians who couldn't wait to tell you the rule, the law, never talked about Jesus, but couldn't wait to tell me what I didn't know. And I didn't know much. I was probably the least theologically astute guy uh, by their standards. Um, And what's fascinating is between them and then my experience in parish ministry, because back then every summer you went and worked in a parish, and I got chewed by a secretary one time who was like, you have no business in seminary, right? You're not what I think of when you're a priest. She used to, I, I always love this. She called me a dumb redneck. And I remember, wow. that, yeah, you know, Montrose, that's a compliment. And I couldn't explain that to her, you know. <laughs> well, well, thank you, ma'am. Oh, no, she's angry, you know. Uh, and it was this heartbreaking between my second and fourth year was probably the most painful for me because I pined to be a priest and everything around me was saying, you really shouldn't. Not because you're not called, but because the Lord probably could get someone better. And uh, the key for me was the story of Jesus multiplying the bread and fish, right? Where uh, that kid brought three loaves and two fishes for 5,000 people, and that's stupid, right? No smart person would look at 5,000 hungry people and say, oh, I got it. Here's three loaves and two fish. Uh, But it was precisely his innocence that allowed him to give it to Jesus and Jesus to make it enough. And that healed my heart almost instantly, right? That recognition of, yeah, I don't know. These guys would talk about canon law in seminary, (laughs) right? Like, I'm like, yeah, canon law. I like guns too. (laughs) And, and of course, not all of them, of course. And I, I, but they were the loud ones, yeah, you know, and in the end, it was like this instant healing because here's what I knew, whatever my shortfalls and there are many, I've always been good at giving my all. It's just a thing God put in me since I was a kid. Uh, I'm good at going all in and, uh, that's what he needed. 
You know, so I think when we talk about that's it, I had to come. I'm a fearful person. I realize that the more I get older, the worse it gets. And those fears Jesus had to overcome to get me to June 13th, 1998. Yeah. That was too long, wasn't it? Uh, Bro, no. that was the short one. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. So we will jump ahead in time. Sure. Now you are here at ooh, Holy Family ooh, ooh. in Grand Blank. Yes. 22 years after. Yeah. So what's it like coming to the Grand Blank area? And uh, you were kind of handed a, uh, a large project when you got here. Can you <laughs> yeah. tell us about that? Sure. Uh, you know, I was the guy for years that just got bounced around. And some of that was my ministry wasn't Paris-oriented so much. Um, it was campus ministry in high school and in college. So I ended up that guy who would bounce parish to parish. I covered a number of parishes. I counted this. I moved 18 times. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no, 17. Sorry. 17 times my first 20. No, I'm saying this wrong. Give me a second. From 1993 till 2012, however long that is, I moved 17 times. Wow. Yeah, um, which does help you keep a small amount of possessions, as a side note. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then in 2012, I got an assignment that I lived at six years. And I was at Sacred Heart in Hudson and St. Mary of Manitou Beach. Uh, a couple times during those six years, like at one point, I helped at St. Anthony's in Hillsdale for about a half a year. And I helped at St. Joe's in Adrian for my last year. So it was a lot of driving. Um, and I did think I would die there, and that thought made me happy. I'm a country boy, and this was a country boy assignment. And those beautiful people at those parishes, I can't even, okay? So then Uncle Earl called on a Tuesday, and you know uh, <laughs> the, the process, right? It's uh -huh. February, maybe at the latest March. Yep. Uncle Earl calls, you know, and basically there's a couple ways, right? It's will you or i need you yeah and he always makes it clear i love him he'll say will you meaning do you want to right do you want to move here or do you want to move there and frankly three years in a row i'd been asked and i said no thank you and i always clarify do you want me to go no i'm just offering no thank you i'm gonna die here uh then then it was no you're, you're going there in a very loving way i yeah. i take a bullet for that man and uh it was hard moving to the city, moving from a small community where we just got on our feet. But then he said the funniest thing. Joe, I got to tell you, at one of your parishes, there's a pretty big building project. It's a bit of a mess, and I need to get it on track. It's your highest priority. And like a big dumb ox, I was like, yeah, okay, no problem. And You've done renovations before. You've sure. renovated a church in Hudson. Sure. And... When I got here, July 1st, 2018, there was a number of our parishioners who thought construction was starting that day. Oh. Uh, and I know that because they yelled at me, you know, because uh, all these poor people knew. It, was just, it wasn't a huge group, but it was a group of people who were kind of, if I may be so bold, half in, right? They listened to some of the announcements. They're at some of the masses. And what they knew was all over the church were pictures of this new church we're going to build. And here was the key. Uh, we didn't have any money for that church plan. Mm. And it was kind of wild. And in the end, crazy good staff here. 
Um, and we had to get the finances in order. They were a bit of a mess. Uh, well, not a mess. I don't know. Uh, we had to do some serious budget work. We had to do some serious fundraising. And uh, in the end, what I told God's people is whatever amount of money we have for a new church in December of this year, that's what we're going to use to build a church. The plan that was up was probably by now five point some million. We raised, at the, when I got here, we had two seven. And by the time we hit December, we had about three seven. Praise the Lord. So here's the cool part. All right. God's a little bit goofy. I had a dream, a literal, like, fall asleep because my name's Joseph. I don't want to brag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Because <laughs> what, you know, anyway. Um, <laughs> and I drew what I saw. And uh, I mean, drew it like a third grader uh, who can't draw. Crayons? Yeah. 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 And we gave it to an architect, and it's what we got. Wow. Yeah. And it hit our budget. Um, and wow. Wow, I just see this is why I told you you got to do this. God's people can't see. I'm showing me moving my finger cuz you got to stop me. I'll just keep going. And that's what we want. Yeah, uh, keep going. Well, it went great. It's going great. God's people here, I could cry. Are so generous. Um I've been this is church. These two assignments are church number 11 and 12 for me. And I I've seen some generosity and I've seen not generosity. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. This place and my last assignment, my last assignment, people were so poor and they just gave and gave and gave. And here, they're not rich, right? I would say what, middle class, but man, they go after it. Holy cow, they're generous. I, I mean, it's crazy how generous these good people are. And uh, so here we are. Right. But if you don't mind, I'm going to share something insane with you. Okay. Because God did so many insane things in this project. But I'm going to tell you my two favorites. Okay. The first came on the Feast of Guardian Angels in 2019. Okay. That's when they started tearing down the old church. And uh, the dude doing the tearing down uh, pointed out well, the first thing I just remember, they kept talking about. There was some issue that the church was shorter than they thought. And I'm like, well, it got older. It's like humans. You know, uh, we get shorter and fatter. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, in the end, what it turned out was a lot of the pillars holding up the roof had rotted out. Oh. And some parts, the roof was resting on the walls, which are not, of course, built for that. Whoa. And uh, praise God. Right. Wow. And I, I, a feast of guardian angels. Right. I just figured uh, the angels holding up the roof were like, We'd like another job now. <laughs> well, this is boring, you know. Uh, and I don't know if, like, their biceps, I don't know if their biceps get tired. I assume they're kind of like Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know, who's like 87 and could still murder me with one hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one. And here's the other one. This is the one that hit me the other day. So when we started, uh, which was August of 2019. And by the way, I said, I'm not shaving this beard until the church is done. But at that point, what was the projection? We'll be done in July, right? Yeah. So July of 2020, <laughs> we'll be done. And yay, right? Okay, we got this. And then you probably didn't hear about this, okay? But there was a virus. 
Yeah, called what? COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can you repeat and, that? Yeah, I, uh, COVID, from the Latin covid era. Oh, okay. I might have made that up. I'm going to be totally <laughs> candid with Sounds you. Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. let's say it. Yeah. From the Latin covid era, which means, wow, this really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those wacky Romans. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Okay, so it delayed us, as you can imagine, because we're just finishing now. We're going to have our first Mass Saturday. Nice. Right, December 12th, Our Lady Guadalupe. But here's the crazy part. It's possible, and now we're creeping toward likely, that we're not going to have any debt when we finish. Wow, nice. To be clear, the diocese anticipated we would need to borrow between $200,000 and $800,000 to finish the job. Wow. And had we finished in July, we would have. Wow. Right? Because wow. people pledge. That's where we're getting right. the money from, right? We're getting the money from primarily a couple things, pledges and drug sales. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's no pledges. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, do you know we tore down all those old houses? We owned a bunch of houses mm-hmm. here. And I told the bishop, man, we were making a lot of money by cooking in those houses. <laughs> So, uh, you know, as it turns out, so pledges are over three to five years. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting thing about guys that do construction. They don't prefer you wait five years to pay them. Correct. It turns out they're kind of picky about it. Something about wanting to eat. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, people finish pledges early. People, It's just nuts. That's the short version. Uh, we would have incurred a lot of debt. Um, and rightly so. We had to tear down that church. It right. was literally falling apart. Um, and God's people, this was the second or third time that they had taken up a collection for a new church and didn't get it. So we had to deliver, right? And um, yeah, there we are. Wow. Can you believe that, bro? That's crazy. Love it. And I'm just going to go ahead and recommend that listeners take a look at some pictures on social media. Yeah. Holy Family Grand Blank. Mm-hmm. Some of those pictures are just stunning. Nuts. Yeah, bro. God is so good. Yeah. Even, you know, here's a crazy thing. Like, uh, did you see above the sanctuary in Troy, uh, at Entroibo al Altare Dei, right? And I will go to the altar of God. So I had this image in my head of those words being stenciled on. And uh, Carrie had this idea, and she, so basically, a dude carved those, right? Those are metal. That's awesome. Wow. And 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 because he, and I have no, I'm not good at saying, well, that color looks good with that color. You don't want a redneck doing that, because I'll just paint everything camo. Right? <laughs> you know my family, Tony. Oh, yeah, I do. We are do. camo people. Yep. Right. Um, and sometimes, you, like, you can't tell, but I have three family members in this room with us right now. Yeah, but they're wearing camo. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be totally truthful that I may have made that up. I can only see two. Yeah. <laughs> but that was solid. Um, uh, come Holy Spirit. What were we oh, so now these letters are up there, and there's, like, this guy who did it. Uh, went all out and it's so cool like they have shadow now i i don't know how to explain it because i don't know what he did yeah i just know it was like yeah stencil we could do that that'd be cute but this is smoking no it's metal it's metal wait wait hey, can you say it again ready metal that's what it was yeah 
Yeah. Definitely. And so and then on the back of the church, as you walk out, it says, Mane nobiscum domine. Stay with us, Lord. Mm-hmm. Remain with us, Lord. Oh, rough. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> We're fired up, bro. And today, yes. the statue of St. Michael's going up. Oh, yes. nice. So if you hear like somebody crying like a little Susie, that's the devil. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Good. So next, we were just going to ask you about what you've been doing since COVID. I think sure. a lot of listeners have probably um, heard a couple of things, sure. uh, whether through social media or, you know, there have been some some things that you've been doing that have some made some news in the trials. diocese. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. some heresy trials. Yeah, let me just say about that. Oops. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we all make mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. uh, OK, so God's good. Uh, and I know you know that. But once again, so my confessor, okay, sometimes I sin. It's very rare. Uh, <laughs> like, I think the last one was... I, I didn't mean to laugh out loud that loudly. Yeah, just so you know, I heard. Yeah, uh, sorry. yeah I'm sorry. throwing it out there. Uh, no, I was going to... A con- There's a few constant themes with my confessor. Okay, Father Carl Pung. Do you know Carl? Okay, Superman. Um, and the Lord speaks through him, and it ticks me off. But one of the themes, like, for probably 10 years... Don't run ahead of the Lord. Don't lag behind. Stay next to him. I tend to be a run ahead of the Lord guy because I'm filled with pride. And I'll get this done for you, Lord. Right? Because, of course, he needs me. What would he do without me? Yeah. My dad (laughs) told me one time I was freaking out. And he says, Joe, when you die, the church won't notice. And you need to remember that. It's like, oh, thanks, Dad. He's right. So anyway, don't run ahead of the Lord. Uh... One of the things that I noticed, this will tie into COVID in just a moment. It'll help make the COVID thing make more sense. Okay. I visit nursing homes pre-COVID, and I say this with great heartbreak, okay? People just, people are so alone there. And I can't believe how many people are too busy to see mom, how many people are too busy to see dad. And uh, their grandkids, the kids learn Baseball trump, well, and rightly so, baseball trumps everything. But take a lesser sport, soccer. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, seriously, kids are more taught to literally conditioned. You're, you need to be more faithful to your sport than your grandparents. And they're so alone. Yeah. And they pretend they get it. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe how many are like, yeah, no, it's okay. My son's busy. He's so successful, Father. ah. So I had this idea of let's use iPads and we will live stream our masses. And then we'll have people like go to the nursing home with an iPad and a a finger full of Blessed Sacrament, a Saboria. And they'll pray mass live with us. So we set all this up in late January. And it started to work, right? We were like, okay, praise God. And then COVID hit. And we were already live streaming mass. Wow. Wow. And so we just started advertising it. Instead of just, well, this is for our folk at the old folks' home. I don't think, are we not supposed to say that anymore? No. At the uh, things where there's old folks in nursing home. home. Nursing home. Although not many nurses live there. (laughs) Just as a side note. True. Yeah. And why not a doctoring home? Couldn't tell you. You know, it used to be sanitarium, right? They used to call them sanitarium because sanitarium means to to heal. To be anyway, yep. 
So we were in primo position and it just launched. And um, then right away, right when it started, I think the first Sunday, well, actually, do you want to hear about me getting in trouble? Always. Oh, this is, I got in trouble for this. But honestly, I would get in this trouble again joyfully. So one of the things, when the quarantine started, I had been in contact with a group of priests in Italy, northern Italy, through Twitter, of all things. And uh, what they were telling me was, at that point, Italy had been under quarantine for a bit, and people were dying a lot. And you may remember, at the beginning of this, it was going to be millions of deaths, right? It wasn't even disputed. And so what I did was posted a thing and said, quarantine starts at 9 tonight. Remember that? Okay, at 7, we're going to have a huge penance services in the two lots. And we gave everybody a handout with why we're doing general absolution and how rare it is, but why we're doing it this way. Because truly, my thinking was this. If millions are going to die, we can't do confessions during quarantine. I'm going to take care of these people. And... uh of course, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Uh, Bishop Earl got a call uh, from one of our brothers in Rome, uh, and I got a call. Now, in the end, he backed my play, but he hated it. Uh, but I'm glad we did it, and I would do it again. And I say that yeah. with great love. And I was a guy who grew up in the church that abused general absolution. I am. So I knew, and I did this fearfully uh, and with trembling. But I, I do, my conscience is clear. Yeah. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Brah. You know? And uh, bless you. Uh, because if I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to mistake toward that mercy. That direction. Absolutely. And if we're sending guys to Rome who can't figure that out, I'm worried. Seriously. And by the way, didn't call me, of course. Uh, don't get me started. <laughs> so that really did a good thing. And the other thing those priests told me is Blessed Sacrament processions. And one of them sent me a video, okay? And you know Italy, right? The big joke in Italy is what do you, in Rome particularly, what do you call a man in church, or what do you call a man at Mass in Rome? A tourist, right? Yep. Italians don't go to church as a general rule. So imagine this, the beauty of this video with this Italian priest walking through. You know how narrow those roads are. Yeah. People opened their windows and started singing. Wow. And so the first Sunday of quarantine and every Sunday after, we walked through neighborhoods with the Blessed Sacrament. I think you helped me one time, didn't you? No, you were still mm. in AA. Yep. Okay. That, uh, that's uh, Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, yeah. Tony, uh, sorry about that. Tony's still in AA. Uh, but uh, no, no. Oh, wow. Nice call. Sorry, brother. Uh, yeah, that is Ann Arbor. Uh, 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 Jim Rolfe helped. Yep. Sometimes we got deacons to help. Uh, now, uh, I went, I'm from Montrose. So math skills, I don't know. But someone told me we walked well over 60 miles wow. with the Blessed Sacrament. People came out of the houses, knelt, got blessings. I'm talking thousands of people. People returned to the church because of this. Uh, and then the last thing uh, was I started getting messages from people who felt like they were losing their minds. We are not made for this. This is nonsense. I'm going to be candid. And people are like, you're not taking it serious. Yes, I am. 
But when our choices are die because you caught a virus or because people are killing themselves at record numbers, bring the virus. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm saying that. Yeah. And I know, you know, we'll get the perpetually scared uh, to yell at me. Wear masks. Keep your social distance. But, my God, we are now struggling with probably the greatest mental health crisis I've encountered in 22 years. People are losing their minds. And particularly, right, when it's, if you go see grandma, you're a killer. And now we're going to go out on the streets and protest, and that's okay. We got to pick, man. Yeah. People people can't handle the cognitive dissonance of a whole movement that says, you should be afraid, but I won't be. Right? Or my cause is more important than your pain. We've got elderly people who've given all for their families dying alone, not because their family's neglecting them, but because the government is telling you you can't go see your dying mom. Even if it's right, we should never give the government that much power because we'll mm. never get it back. I've, I've spent too many 3 a.m.s in hospital parking lots Bruh. with spouses that Bruh. can't go in and see their yep. spouses. I have too. And all you can do is hug them and That's cry right. with them and say, I'm sorry, you didn't break your covenant. The government broke your covenant. And I, you've probably done this too. We've gone outside of nursing homes with bullhorns. Yep. We have, I, we've done last rites through windows. I've got on a stepladder for a second floor, right? Uh, we got to meet people where they are. That's right. All these people who want to pretend Vatican II didn't happen and think that'll save the church. No, what'll save the church is holy priests. And that's it. I think the biggest thing that I've seen is that people want to know that the church cares about them and the church Bro. is willing to go out and get them My instead brother. of sitting on our butts and just like, well, we're just going to wait this out. No, we got to go. Yeah. And be creative and go reach people. And that's, and and that's something got, yeah. you're, you're doing here. And there were priests who got a lot of vacation time. And I know because their people are going to mass here now. Right. Right. And, and of course, I, I get some garbage for that. But, my God, we were in the fight, bro. Yep. We, we did for others what Jesus did for us. I'm coming to you. That's right. Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Right. But uh, as part of this, this last thing we did was... I just told people I'm going to get on air every day on air, uh, Facebook live. Yeah, that counts. Uh, and we're going to talk about Jesus and I'm going to entertain you. Uh, I was scared for people's mental health. Um, and first we did it every day, Monday through Friday, an hour, hour and a half. We didn't really contextualize, not contextualize. We didn't really describe it. We just did it. And I called it quarantine catechesis. <laughs> which to this day is my favorite title, but nobody else likes that but me. Uh, uh, so now we're, can we do the echo thing? Now we are quantum catechesis. Um, I just threw that last thing in there. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So that's going great. We're getting thousands and thousands of views every show. Uh, uh, and it's crazy. You know, it's a riot. Yeah. So, again, I talk too much. So, where can people find you if they haven't already find, found you online? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, what do we got? We got YouTube channel, Joe in Black Ministries, right? Uh, we've got, uh, we got a Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash Joe in Black. And we've got Church of the Holy Families Facebook page. So, we show them on, I think, all three. 
So you might pop into the show live and think, well, there's only a you know couple hundred people here. Well, it's at three spots. So it did start to freak our audience a little out when they were like, where is everybody? Well, it's spread over three sites now. Uh, so it might look like we're dropping, but we're, we're not. It's going great, bro. Good. It's going great. Yeah. So you mentioned Joe in black. See. There is a, there's something else with the name Joe in black on it. Why, funny you should ask that. Uh, yeah. So hold on. I'm going to cough. <clears throat> I'm back. Uh, so what happened is a buddy of mine, uh, owns a brewery, uh, Lansing Brewing Company, and they're awesome and they're huge. Yep. And he named a beer after me, Joe in Black Lager, or Joe in Black Ale. Yeah. I always do that because it was lager first. The first recipe, they tried a lager and then they found the ale went, tasted better. Um, and honestly, bro, they couldn't keep it. They ran out twice now. And so this time, uh, and now they're shipping it all over. You can buy it at Kroger. Um, so I've tried. Yeah. It's never there. Yeah. Well, that's because of your sin. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're holy. <laughs> it knows. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, it's just part of the brewing process, bro. Yeah. True. No, they're they're trying. And, and I think we're going to have uh, more luck company you can buy t-shirts there's now t-shirts oh. yeah um sweatshirts um i don't know i asked them if we could build like bobbleheads oh that'd be super cool yeah no we can't oh man so the the art on it is fantastic do you know anything about how the art came to be sure. i love it now i'm not supposed to say his name because he's kind of shy about these things sure. his name's bob Patton. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> and he's a graphic artist out of Lansing. And the man's a beast. Yeah. He is. This thing is crazy. And and again, this is one of those where I don't know anything, right, about this world. And so, like, he shows me that. I'm like, I, I don't know. Whatever. But it's like, it's really cool. It's, and it's, uh, people love it. It's, it's, uh, he did that, bro. The he Lord's did that. loose cannon. The Lord's loose cannon. So you go from talking about canon law in seminary to right? being the Lord's loose cannon. The Lord's loose cannon pretty fantastic and i like to see at the bottom uh inspired by faith hope love and kung fu all things necessary for a well-rounded human being see and i am well-rounded mm. i'm due any day now i'm i'm working to get to to, to you so yeah you know, well you know i can aspire it's a, yeah it's a commitment it right? is a uh, young priest can't just say i'm gonna right. get incredibly fat you gotta push for it that's right yeah that's right can't skip pizza day oh no no list the nope. beard the beard that yes. Did we talk about the beard? You did. You mentioned that yeah. uh, the beard was growing until... Now, I will say that the last time I saw you, your beard was braided, and it is no longer braided. Yeah, and I kind of miss that. I do, too. Well, here's what's going on, bro. Uh, today is what day? Is this Tuesday? Thursday. This is Thursday? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, tomorrow... Hey, can you do Echo? Ready? So, tomorrow, 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 we're going to have... Uh, we, we did a Shave It or Save It campaign to help us raise money for the church building, okay? So basically, you can go to our Holy Family. By the time this goes out, I don't think they'll be, be able too, to, yeah. right? But they'll, people were able to go to the Holy Family Church website and pledge money, not pledge, pay money toward Shave It or Save It. And whatever one has more cash in it, I will obey. So I don't braid it this week because I might be shaving it tomorrow, uh -huh. and it'll be hard to shave it. If yeah. there's braids. 
Wow. Uh, so tomorrow, our live show, I'm either going to shave it or not. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Do we have a like a, a live update on what the, the numbers are? Well, they won't tell me because oh. they want to keep it a surprise. But gotcha. do we know who's in the... So it's been going back and forth. At one point, I'm just going to say this. Shave It was way ahead. Wow. And then all of a sudden, early this week, Save It went nuts. Pulled way ahead. Or not way ahead. Pulled ahead. And then last I knew, Shave It pulled ahead again, and they've just been going back and forth ever now, since. Now, when we say shave it, it's not, we don't mean trim it. We mean, like, baby-faced shave, right? Right. Oh, wow. Down to the skin. When was the last time you did that? Well, if you talk about this part, right? Oops, sorry. Bro, I keep hitting your stuff. It's because right. I'm filled with hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you talk about, like, my lip and my chin, like the goatee, I can't think of the last. Oh, yes, I can. 2000. Nine. Mm-hmm. So this will this will be a, a real yeah. new thing. Yeah. People will see all of your chins. And look at this thing. I know. Yeah, Friday, which is tomorrow, tomorrow, we find out. And if I if save it wins, then I'm not shaving it till Easter. Ah. Not not even trimming, just Yeah, straight, we'll trim it. Trim I don't know bit. if you can see it's kind of getting it's, googly. Like yeah. one side's longer than the other. Uh, because this side drinks caffeine, and I think that stunts its growth. Oh. You know, it's actually grown a soul. It's so big. Yeah. Uh, its name is Reginald. It's been trying to talk this entire time. Oh, I know. You and keep he's pushing drunk. It down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Reginald Jameson the third. Oh, Jameson. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, what did I say? I was going to give him a confirmation name, and I came up <laughs> with something very clever, but now it's gone. Well, if 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 he's fueled by coffee, it's got to be Saint Drogo, right? I think so. Yeah. And he's the Drogo is the patron saint of ruptured spleens, sheep, coffee, coffee houses, yes, and ugly people. Yep, I love him. He's a good one. I ask him to pray because I figure, like sometimes <laughs> I picture heaven, and I see all these saints scurrying around answering prayers, and I just think he's that saint who's sitting by the coffee machine, uh, just irritating everyone because he's bored. No yeah. one's asking him to pray, and he's just sitting there smoking his brains out and drinking coffee. Yep. And, like, watching the, the real saints run by, right? Like, hey, St. Joseph. And then he's gone. And he's trying to engage them, but yep. they're busy. And he just looks down, oh, just that Joe Krupp asking me to pray Exactly. So I'm getting stuff from you him. You are. Because he's bored. Yeah. Now that you've let your secret out, yeah. St. Drogo's going to be a little more busy. Yeah, if any of you jerks start praying to him, we're going to fight. Because okay. he's mine. You can. Thank you. Yeah. I dressed up for St. Drogo for Halloween once. My bro. My bro. I love him. I had, you know, this all started with a teacher named Will Yurkevich, who brought Drogo to my consciousness, and now I share him with the world. So, cool, fun story about St. Drogo. He actually is responsible for one of my favorite miracles. Shut up. The miracle of infinite heaviness. That is, uh, uh, Gordon Re- Father Gordon Regal came up with that that term. I can't claim that one, but the miracle of infinite heaviness. Okay. Right? Another cool thing to be known for, right? So when he died, he died in a different place than where he grew up. Okay. And so um, his family wanted to bury his body from where he grew up, so they loaded his casket on a, a cart, horse and cart, and they started moving towards the edge of town. And as they moved towards the edge of town, the horses started to strain harder and harder and harder yeah. until they got right to the city limit and the horses couldn't pull it anymore. He Holy was so crap. heavy. And so what they decided, what they what they saw in that was that the Lord saying, no, I want him buried here, not where he's from. They turned around and it was totally easy. That's and then no it. That's problem. Awesome. 
I love that God does stuff like that. Yep. And I, did you ever, uh, now I get, this will get you murdered, but I get sometimes Westphalia and Fowler mixed up. Oh, now yeah, I don't that's, anymore. That's a problem. I have it in my head now. Westphalia. I remember going there and I was helping with mass there in 2012, I want to say. And they told me a story about when the church burned down and that they grabbed the statue of Mary to save her and that they could lift her. That it was this miraculous, she, oh, she was wow. a big, she was a big, can I say Mary was a big girl? The statue yeah, the was statue a big was. girl. I don't know. She was heavy, but they could lift her. Like it was, it was like this miracle. And she, it's, it's she ain't heavy. She my mama. There we go. I love mama. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool, man. Do you have any, uh, Final thoughts. Anything you'd like to tell uh, all the people think. of God of, of Genesee County? You know, don't let people make it complicated, mm. right? And one of the things I probably fixate on too much, but I'm going to go there, is as you're trying to grow in holiness, as you're trying to be a more faithful and, and devout and loving Christian slash Catholic slash Jesus lover, Beware of people who want you angry all the time. I, It's really been in my heart because I see it. I see people marketing Catholic rage and, and truly marketing it. And it breaks my heart because if somebody gets into the faith and wants to take those next steps, the loudest options are usually not the best ones. Yeah. Uh, and I watch that change. Um, and it's really starting to infect us with a pharisaical thing. Um, the other day, our bishops on the, and, and I struggle with our bishops like everybody else. I have trouble. Right. And I, but the other day it really struck me. If you go on the bishop's Facebook page, if they post a scripture, there's, you have betrayed us. We are angry. You know, and that's, that's every response is this, as if bishops are scrolling that feed and going, oh, we should change because uh, this guy, uh, you with me? Yeah. It's really infecting us. And uh, I've kind of made it my mission since this COVID thing started. That baptized rage is not holy. Ooh, yeah. Pointing your rage in a spiritual direction doesn't make it right. God wants to heal anger, the fruits of the spirit, joy, happiness, peace. If we're not having those fruits, then it ain't holy. Bad trees don't make good fruit. Yeah. That's my thoughts. I appreciate it. Well, uh, thanks sure. for joining us today. And Gosh, I'm so happy great to. conversation. You know I just love the heck out of you, and I'm so grateful for your love for Jesus. Thank you. 